Welcome back to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on my YouTube channel. It's Denise Salcedo, and we are here to talk about WWE NXT Spring Breaking. And let me tell you, this was a pretty good show that I think has given us some predictions leading into the WWE draft. There's one specific act that I think we now can possibly hint at there probably going to the main roster based off of what happened here today but we're gonna get into all of that and more on today's show first and foremost thank you guys so much for being here this is the first nxt edition of speak now pro wrestling here on my youtube channel so i thank you guys so so much for being here on top of that um just a heads up that now for those of you who missed it my speak now pro wrestling shows are going to be occurring here on my channel Tuesdays, NXT, Wednesdays, AEW, Dynamite, and then Fridays for SmackDown. So it's going to be a good time here. Um, I officially surpassed 101,000 subscribers, and the channel is growing. So thank you guys so much. Um, on top of that, if you guys want to go ahead and send in your thoughts, send in your predictions, or just show some general support for the show, for this podcast, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point. But let's get to things. We got our first super chat of the night, and this is from Andrew Cool. Andrew Cool says, um, with the pay with pay-per-views being six to seven matches, would you be interested in Raw and SmackDown going back to their own pay-per-view? Um, I'm going to say no. I honestly really do enjoy them doing the joint pay-per-views. And I feel like when it's a joint pay-per-view, we get the best of, in terms of we get the best of Raw, the very best story, and we get the very best from SmackDown uh, onto, you know, whatever, whatever premium live event we're talking about. Um, I feel like if we kind of go back to the separate... Um, to the separate brands, there's going to be more of a chance of us getting stuck with like a random match that like no one really cares about. And so for that reason, and that main reason, I would definitely like to see them stick with what they're doing right now. Um, but thank you so much, Andrew. Cool. That's actually a really good question. I appreciate you sending this first super chat of the night. So thank you so much. Um, we got so much. Also, shout out to all of the YouTube members that are in here. Um, for those of you who don't know, you could officially join my channel and become a YouTube member. A uh, shout out to uh, Steven, who's a YouTube member, and Vineet Kohli, who's also in here, who's also um, a YouTube member as well. It's so nice to see um, the members uh, in here uh, in here as well. All right, we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson, also a YouTube member, says Carmelo and Grayson Waller should have main evented tonight over the Triple Threat Women's title match. Also, tonight showed me that Tiffany ain't ready to be champion because that match was just bad all the way around. So I'm going to get into more about both of these matches when we get into them respectfully but i will say this though um i was surprised when i think it was at the end of the first hour of the or the top of the second hour that we had the grayson waller carmelo hayes match take place because i legitimately thought that that was going to be the main event uh i wasn't expecting it to be the women's triple threat match and with that being said like the trip the women's triple threat match i did think was going to be a lot stronger uh, i will talk more in detail about that later but i really 
do you think that the match between Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller was just a million times better? Um, it just flowed a lot strong. It was just, it just flowed better. It was more entertaining. Um, so it did feel more like a main event match. Um, but I do like though that they gave the women the opportunity to have that spot and to see what they do with it. Um, there were some good moments in that match. Again, I'll talk about that more in depth later. But if you're asking me which match should have been the main event, in hindsight, and well, not even in hindsight, because I did really think that they were already going to be the main event, main event, Hayes and Break and um Hayes and uh, Waller. But looking at those two matches, it should have probably been the NXT Championship match. Um, so thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in this very generous super chat. And I also want to welcome a Jeremy Ra, who is a brand new member here of the YouTube channel. Uh, so thank you so much to Jeremy Ra for coming in and joining the channel. All right, so let's get to this, everybody. Let's talk about what actually went down. So we're going to kick things off with a match that was um, the first time that they've done it. And also, after this match, we kind of can guess the first NXT, or we can kind of guess who from NXT is being called up to the main roster based on the events that unfolded here today. I felt like they gave us a big, major Easter egg here. More than an Easter egg, really. But... First, let's talk about the match. We had the first ever trunk match, and this was between a Pretty Deadly um, and Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. So this was actually a lot of fun. I thought that given that this is a theme show and that spring break-in is supposed to be a little bit, you know, it's supposed to be fun. It's You're supposed to let loose, have a good time. Hell, it's the only spring break I'm taking and probably the only spring break a couple of you guys are taking. We're probably uh, not taking spring breaks anymore, um, which is actually really depressing, but whatever. Um, So <laughs> we got bills to pay. Damn it, we're adults. We got to show up to work. Um, Anyways, so this was really fun because they had this like pool and here i'm gonna need help from the chat here everybody um i'm gonna need help from you guys because i don't know the official name of the colorful balls that they put in the pool or like the ones that you see at chuck e cheese i don't know what you officially call them like fun balls colorful balls what are we talking here like what's the official name because i feel weird just saying the pool with the balls in them that sounds really wrong, but the ones that you see at Chuck E. Cheese when you go into like that bouncy house, bouncy house balls, whatever. So when you go into the little bouncy house and you throw the balls around, those are the those are the ones that they had. By the way, never do that at Chuck E. Cheese. I know they look like fun, but you go in there, it stinks like piss and puke because all little kids do some weird stuff in there. Don't do it. Trust me, I've gone in there, re not recently, but with enough knowledge just to take my advice for it here um thank <laughs> okay thank you everyone's saying actually people got some different stuff ball pit thank you so much ball pit balls um we got everybody in here with the ball pit um just call it the ball pit balls thank you uh, i was like do they have like an official like name what do we know here um so anyways all right, so they got the ball pit balls inside the pool, and they have trash bins. They have uh, they have they have a table, but at one point, pretty deadly takes it to the back and gets rid of it. They have a wheelbarrow, barrel barrel. They have so many different things, even surfboards. So it's really fun, really corny, really cheesy, but like in a in a non bad way. This to me was like if Disney 
if Disney collaborated and had a hardcore match on wrestling TV, this is what it would kind of feel like. Fun with a little bit of edge there. So this was kind of cool. So this was very enjoyable. They had some really good spot. They had pretty deadly get put through the uh, the, the ball pit. They had to put, put through the ball pit. And this kind of puts you in the mood for some summer some summer fun, but they had a good time here. This was a fun little match. But anyways, the point here was you had to get both members of the other team into the trunk that they had. And they had this uh, 1947 classic Dodge is what they had. And so at one point, you see Pretty Deadly manage to get Stax Lorenzo into the trunk, but they are unable to get Tony D into the trunk. So finally, Tony D gets in there. They have a little back and forth. Eventually, uh, Tony D and Stax Lorenzo, they get the win. They get Pretty Deadly into that trunk, and they win this match. Now, you were probably already thinking, hmm, is Pretty Deadly going to get drafted with the way that they lost here? Possibly, right? Like that was the first hint. But then afterwards, we ended up basically getting uh, Tony D and, and Stax Lorenzo driving them off, driving away. And you're like, okay, well, where are they going? What's happening? At the end, the very last and final thing that we got on NXT, even after the main event was done, the final thing that they closed out the show with was Tony D and Stax Lorenzo driving pretty deadly into the water. As you guys know, that's how they get rid of people. They get them to sleep with the fishes. That's the thing that they've been doing. So with that being said, it seems to, uh, it seems to be that pretty deadly may be getting drafted to the main roster either this Friday or this Monday, because they got, they wrote them off. They wrote them off of NXT. They're done. They're sleeping with the fishes. They are dead, okay? At the hands of Tony D and Stax Lorenzo, they're dead and gone. Uh, so pretty deadly, Kit Wilson, Elton Prince, looking like they're going to the main roster. Now, uh, it's kind of hard to say like, oh, if they're going to go to Raw, if they're going to go to SmackDown, I have no idea because we don't know what those rosters are going to look like. Uh, I can see them doing well on either brand. They are a very interesting act for those of you who aren't familiar with them. Pretty Deadly is very fun. They have a, a different type of, they have a different type of vibe because they're very, uh, they're they, 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 they tend to lend more towards their feminine side. You know, they wear the crop tops, the colorful crop tops. They wear these outrageous clothing. They got the really good beach hair. And then on top of that, they're really good in ring. They're, uh, they're past NXT champions. Uh, they've had good matches. And it kind of seemed like they probably did just about everything they could on NXT. I do think that their characters and their personas are definitely ready for the main roster. And I kind of feel like, I kind of feel a little embarrassed that when I was thinking of like NXT picks and people that were going to get called up, I didn't even mention Pretty Deadly for some reason. And I kind of feel a little shame that I didn't mention Pretty Deadly because the second we saw that they were writing them off and that they're done with here, it became pretty, pretty crystal clear, pretty obvious that Pretty Deadly is heading to the main roster. So um, that probably seems to be like it's happening. All right. But card subject to change so that's why i'm not like oh it's officially happening right because we never know but it seems like it definitely is all right so uh, we got a super chat here from christopher smith who says what more does tiffany have to do to become champion justice for tiffany i think they're just trying to 
extend it out. They have a story that they're trying to tell right now, and they're working their way to the story. I don't think this is them going, Tiffany's not good enough. I don't think this is any of that. I just think that they have a story in mind, and they're taking, they're trying to finish it out and do the thing that they need to do, because that's the thing with NXT. For those of you who have been watching the programming or haven't been watching the programming, they do have things planned out. Like they don't just do things, you know, on a, on a whim. Like it isn't just like changing every week where you're like, what the hell? This story doesn't make sense anymore. No, you can actually tell that they plan things out well in advance um, for NXT. So uh, I think it's just not time. Maybe they have a different idea, a different way that they want to get there with Tiffany Stratton, but it's definitely happening. In my opinion, I think it's definitely happening. I don't know when, but on top of that, she's also sort of taken, and I don't know how many of you guys already noticed this, and I kind of didn't realize it really until recently when they were promoting Spring Breakin'. So how many of you guys remember the early NXT 2.0 days? The early NXT 2.0 days. So a lot of like the promos and video packages that they were doing were kind of all about Mandy Rose. They were very much promoting like the sexiness and oh yeah, you know, all of that. Like that's what they were promoting on NXT, okay? I'm not making this up. Y'all saw the commercials. And so now it seems that Tiffany Stratton is kind of taking the spot of Mandy Rose in the sense that she was kind of, you know, the, 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 you know, she was the hot babe on the roster that was getting all the promos and all of this. And now it's looking like it's going to Tiffany Stratton. So that's, you know, good for Tiffany Stratton. Uh, it was definitely something that I noticed today. And so I do think she's going to be champion in the horizon, but uh, Christopher Smith, thank you so much for the uh, super chat. It is much appreciated, man. I appreciate that so much. Um, all right. And so, oh man, there's so many comments here today, guys. There's so much to get into. All right. So let's see what we got here. Oh my God. Uh, we got people saying Tiffany doesn't need the golds right now. I think she will guys. She's will, she will down the line. All right. Anyways, let's press on from here, everyone. So we are now after this, let's get into, um, Braun Breaker defeated Andre Chase. This is very, very, um, We'll talk more about Braun Breaker later on, but this was a very quick squash match. Uh, Braun Breaker goes in there, lays it in on Andre Chase, gets him with all these shoulder tackles, really kind of takes his time with him, but eventually gets him to submit, wins the match. It's a quick squash, nothing more, nothing less there. Uh, we're really supposed to be seeing like the evil Braun Breaker, and we'll talk more about Braun Breaker in just a minute. But we also had a backstage attack, and let me tell you guys, Oh, I loved this backstage attack. I think this was my favorite one since. I was it Raquel that put Dakota Kai in the locker. Correct me, chat. It was Dakota Kai that got put in the locker, right? I think so. It was Dakota Kai, right? Um. So, anyways, whatever. I'm trying to say here that this was legitimately one of my favorite backstage attacks that I've seen in a very long time. Um. Thank you. Someone says it was Rhea. It was Rhea that put that. Who did she put those in the locker? I'm trying to remember right now who she put into that freaking locker. All right. Someone remind me there. I'm blanking. But anyways, 
So <laughs> this was a really good attack because uh, Mackenzie Mitchell, she looked like she was about to approach Ilya Jagunov. Ilya Jagunov was kind of like, you know, he was looking like he was leaving. He was going somewhere. Dude had his luggage, etc. And then he gets attacked by Dijak. But this was a really good attack because they had the little garage door. And they've done this before where they have someone smash, get smashed in the garage door. But sometimes it looks a little corny. It looks a little too, it looks a little too fake, right? This one looked really good, man. I don't know what it was, but they freaking made me think, like they made you they made you cringe. Like I sucked in my stomach and like went like this. The second that I saw that garage door get slammed on Ilya Dragunov, that looked really good. I really liked this attack because it got me to go, holy fuck, how'd they do that? I like when they get me to do things like, oh, how'd they do that? That looked really good. Um, so this was definitely a really good attack. I'm liking this a lot. Um, as you guys know, I'm a fan of Elio Dragunov a whole lot, but Dijak, I think, was um, somebody who got brought into to NXT in a very strong way, but I still don't feel like they've actually, uh, I don't actually feel like they've really executed what I thought they were with Dijak right off the bat. I thought things were going to go at like rocket speed for him on the roster and they really didn't. So I feel like it's kind of really taken a minute for Dijak to get into a really serious feud. So for me, I think that this feud with Dijak and Elia is definitely something that is going to suit both of them. We're going to get, I think, a nice competitive match and also something that could level up Dijak on the roster. So I did like this a whole lot and I like the direction that they're going in with this. We got a super chat here from, uh, thank you so much. It was Mamed who says Rhea put Dakota in the locker. Thank you. Um, I really, I remember liking that because who the hell, you get put in the locker. Come on now. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I'm late to the party, but did I just witness a murder at the end of NXT? You did, my friend. NXT is the land of kidnappings and murdering people, but it's okay as long as you say they're sleeping with the fishes. Uh, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the generous super chat as always uh, for your continuous support. Much appreciated. Really, thank you for that. Um, okay. We got everybody saying that this was good, by the way. Uh, I like that. Ryan says that this made things look a lot more visceral. I agree. I really do agree with that. Um, this is from YT, our YouTube member, who says it looks like they're going to uh, keep Elia around on NXT past the draft. I think so, too. I think there's a couple of people that you can kind of maybe tell that they're going to keep them around just a little bit longer. All right. So um, after this, we got to get into Cora Jade versus Lyra Valkyra. So this one here. Um, I've been a fan of this since the second I saw that they started going this direction with the return of Cora Jade. So this has been Cora Jade's first, you know, program that she's been in since her, you know, since her time off and she's back and she's ready to go. The reason I liked this match was because right from the beginning, it has felt evenly matched. That's that's been a little bit of the hard stuff with NXT, especially when they kind of first got started on NXT 2.0. When when we first started with NXT 2.0, I kind of felt like some things didn't really feel evenly matched, where there was people that just had way more experience and then others that kind of had less. And, and we, it was just a little bit too noticeable. And I do think that was kind of impacting a little bit of the show for me, at least. And so with this one here with Cora and Lyra, Part of the reason I liked it was because I kind of felt like they, they at least to me, the way that they were presented felt a little bit more evenly matched here, especially for the women's division. And so Lyra 
she hasn't been I don't think she's somebody that people are talking about like Tiffany or even so Ruka as these new girls who are really killing it I feel like Lyra hasn't been talked about enough yet and here's the thing like the second she came into this new era of NXT she has instantly been fiery full of the attitude and the stuff she does looks pretty crisp like I'm really liking it to the point where in this match I kind of felt like Lyra came even though like they were doing a lot of back and forth stuff with her and Cora and each, each of them kind of getting their moment to you know have have the upper hand in the match because they had like a brief like, back and forth in this but I really did feel that at one point Lyra looked a lot stronger to me in this match, I love her strikes. I love her insiguri kick. It's actually one of my favorite um, things that she does. I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, the one thing I didn't like about this match was the finish to it. I didn't like the finish because I kind of felt like, so we had, the finish was Cora Jade trying to cheat. She get, she She tries to cheat by using... I don't know if it was a kendo stick or a pipe or whatever. So she tries to use that. The referee catches her. And this basically allows her to um, get Lyra with a uh, DDT. And so she ends up winning this match. But to me, the finish didn't feel strong enough. I felt that with all of the energy and all of everything that Lyra Valkyria brought into this match, the finish did not match the effort. The effort that we saw in this match, it did not match. I could not believe that I couldn't buy as a viewer that Cora Jade finished her off with that DDT. And it didn't come across that strongly to me. And so for that reason, I didn't like the finish of this match, but I did love everything before it. And so um, I made sure to even post a tweet on Twitter and say like, don't sleep on Lyra. I really do think Lyra is going to be like, um, I think she's gonna be a fan favorite if she isn't already on NXT. So uh, keep an eye out, keep, keep an eye on Lyra. Keep an eye on her. But this was good for the most part. Just didn't like the finish, but everything else was fine. Um, all right. So uh, let's see what else we got here, everybody. We got people putting over Lyra, people putting over Cora. Uh, same thing from Christopher Smith, who says, I'm happy for Cora. I'm happy that Cora won, but the finish seemed kind of sloppy. It did, though. It, it, it kind of did, which I was talking about right now. So um, thank you so much to Sterling273, who loves my opinion. I appreciate that. It's always nice to hear. Um, by the way, if you have a difference of opinion, you have a hot take you have a cold take you have a cold wrap turkey wrap bacon wrap whatever it is you have uh feel free to send in a super chat help super chat help support the show uh it is much appreciated but now let's get into the match that a lot of people feel should have been the main event and the reason for that is well one it was a, it's been a really good story that they've been telling between these two uh two it's for the nxt championship and three, it was the best match of the night. And that is Carmelo Hayes defending his NXT championship against Grayson Waller. Now, with this one here, again, when this thing started, I didn't realize that it wasn't going to be the main event. So it did kind of throw me off a little bit. But holy damn, this was really good. Now, I'm not going to run down every little thing that they did. But just to give you guys an idea of what occurred during this match and why it was good was because we had a really good pace here. Right off the bat, the pacing of this match was quick and uh, easy to get into. Right in, match started. 
bam, I'm I'm already interested in it. Uh, we see like Carmelo Hayes suplexing uh, Grayson Waller. Uh, some stuff got a little clunky in the ropes, but nothing too bad, nothing to take away from the match or anything like that. Um, at one point, we see on the outside, Grayson Waller hits Trick Williams with a chair. And so that kind of distracts Carmelo Hayes and allows uh, Grayson Waller to get the upper hand on Carmelo Hayes. But it doesn't last too long. We... Um, we go back into the ring and we had a really enjoyable spot that I really liked. And this was, we saw like a, a reverse springboard DDT from Carmelo Hayes that looked really freaking good. They made sure to repeat that a bunch of times. But then afterwards, I loved the follow-up to that because after he did that, he goes for it again, or at least it seems like Carmelo Hayes is going to go for it again. So he does the springboard, he goes back, but instead of hitting his move, instead Grayson Waller anticipates it and gets him with the stunner. So that looked really good. And I kind of really liked the way that they set that up. That was very enjoyable to see. And after this, I think that's what really got the fans really invested in this because they were buzzing for this match hard. Uh, there was like, this is awesome chance. The crowd was really, really invested into this. Then it gets better. Afterwards, they go out to the outside. Grayson Waller sets up um, Carmelo Hayes onto the commentary table, lays him out there, and goes to the top rope and does a flying elbow. It looked really good. Uh, the uh, He landed it perfectly. Uh, the height was good. All of it was good, uh, and it got a really nice reaction. So all of that was really, really fun. Back into the ring, we see Hayes hit the code breaker on Grayson Waller. And unfortunately for the ending, or I don't know if this was played into it or if this was an accidental spot or if this was done on purpose, but Grayson Waller's on the outside. He goes back into the ring. He does like his little roll into the ring, but instead his foot kind of gets, from what I recall, a little bit stuck on the rope so it doesn't look it kind of looked like he got hurt so that was the thing it kind of looked like Grayson Waller got hurt okay and then this quickly went into the finish we see because we see Grayson Waller um excuse me Carmelo Hayes go to the top rope hit his leg drop and bam one two three he gets the win so um I'm not really sure how all of that that was the way it was supposed to go or not they fooled me. Um, I liked this. This was so much fun. Carmelo Hayes retains, and this was a very good matchup. This was a really good title defense, and I liked it, man. I really, really liked it. This was a really good step. Um, as for Grayson Wall, um, um, afterwards, after this match, we do have something to talk about. So um, I forgot to mention that after this match, we see Carmelo Hayes quickly shift his attention to Braun Breaker. And instead, he challenges Braun Breaker to a second match at Battleground, which I believe is May 27th, 28th, I forget the date, um, but for Battleground. So he um, he's going to do that, but Braun Breaker comes out and he ends up putting him in with a, <laughs> he actually, this looked really good. He spears him and puts him, he spears him through a wall. He spears him through a wall. The side camera angle looked really good on this. So that looks great. And Hayes has been taken 
to a local medical facility. Now, in terms of Grayson Waller, I wonder, I don't know if he's being called up or not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was because he's been one of the few guys on NXT that has gotten the rub from the main roster guys. Like he's done stuff with AJ Styles. He's done stuff with Johnny Gargano. Um, he's gotten the rub from already main roster talent. And he's one of their best um, talkers, whether you love him or you hate him on NXT, the guy can go on the microphone. Uh, I know some people call him like Make-A-Wish Miz, but that could be a thing that they that they roll with. Uh, so I don't know. I do think that there's a possibility that we could see Grayson Waller uh, get drafted. But again, I don't know. I feel like they have a lot of different options from the NXT side of things of people that they can get uh, called up to the main roster. And I don't know how many people they'll do. They'll do like two names, four names. I don't know. I just feel like there's quite a bit of people that you can make the arguments that you could see them on the main roster. But anyways, at least now for sure, we can kind of safely pretty much predict that pretty deadly is the obvious, the obvious people that are getting called up. But that's where we're at on Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes. Let's get some thoughts in here. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho who says, I know it's an odd topic, but did you watch Ric Flair on Joe Rogan's podcast? It was one of my favorite podcasts of all times. Just three hours of me smiling and laughing out loud. No, I did not watch it. I only read some of the uh, brief things that, were said because that's part of my job obviously is to read everything that goes down in podcasts and all of that um for my news videos and everything like that um i only read the sound the part where he talks or where he talks about vince mcmahon and joe rogan brings up the sexual allegations and uh rick flair basically says that Vince is his hero, and no matter what he does, he loves him and this and that. So that was really the only thing that I saw from that actual podcast. But I don't think I've ever watched a Joe Rogan podcast, like ever. So I can't even, yeah, it just, I guess it's, it's just not on my playlist. It's just not on my, uh, my, uh, my roundabouts, you know, everybody's got their, their roundabouts. I don't know if it's mine. Uh, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the super chat and for letting me know uh, how you felt about this. I appreciate it. Um, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, also wanted to say, uh, Braun's tight saying meaner than evil made me laugh so hard. I was like, Braun, you're as mean as a pillow. Stop capping. Stop capping on national television. <laughs> I love it. It's like they're, um, remember, uh, nobody's meaner than Tamina. Nobody's meaner than Brambrica. No, that doesn't rhyme. There's no way to make it rhyme. Somebody can make it rhyme, make it rhyme. But um, meaner than evil, it, it sounds like, I don't know. It's a, it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a little wacky. It's a little wacky for Broad. Because look, there are certain people that you instantly kind of, like it doesn't take too much to make you go, oh, like that guy's, that guy's a, that guy's a mean guy. That guy's evil. Like there's certain people that you don't have to suspend your disbelief for. I don't know. Braun, they're making their way there with Braun, but, um, it's, I'm still not 100% buying. It. I think they still need to re rework some of that, but it's fine. They're working towards it. We're going to see it eventually. Hopefully, uh, Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat. <laughs> um, all right. Oh man, that's some good stuff in here. All right, and uh, all right. Sorry, guys. I'm just laughing at your guys's uh, comments on here. Sometimes y'all distract me. All right, so 
Let's let's press on from here. So that was one of the highlights of NXT. Um, we got another super chat. Thank you so much to Stephen Marchulli, who's been a regular here on the show. Thank you, Stephen. He says Grayson Waller has some Piper in him. Interesting that you say that because, well, I don't know. It's hard to say something like that because uh, because Piper's one of the greatest. You know, he's so good at the promos. He's so good at being bad. Um, it's so hard to compare or try to compare anyone to him. So it, I feel like. I'm not there yet to say to make a comparison like that, but it's interesting that you see it already. Uh, thank you so much to Steven for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. All right, so let's press on from here and let's get into this next match here. Um, so the next one that we had was a mixed tag between Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley versus Brooks Jensen and Kiana James. Now, this one has been, um, for those of you who haven't watched NXT, quick summary here, very quick. Um, basically, Brooks Jensen has fallen in love with Kiana James. Kiana James has been playing him, and his good friends Josh Briggs and Felon Henley have been trying to prove to Brooks Jensen that Kiana James has been two-timing him this entire time. But Brooks Jensen is the guy who's never kissed a girl. He's never been in a relationship. That's the story. And so he is uh, bewitched by this woman. And according to Booker T, when men are near women, they do strange things. I'm not making this up. This was a funny line that Booker, Booker T had some funny one-liners today on NXT. And this was one of them. Uh, men, they do strange Strange things when women are around. Um, anyway, so during this, um, so basically this has been probably like the most soap opera e story in NXT for those who haven't been keeping up. Um, and they've actually done a good job with this. Like it's been, it's been, it's it's been very dramatic. It's been the most dramatic thing on the show. I haven't hated it. And at first it took a second. And even afterwards, when I missed like two weeks of NXT, I was like, what the hell's going on, man? Like, what did I come back to? What's happening? But you know what? The way that they played this match out, except for the finish, I'll get to that. The way that they played this match, it made sense to the story that they're telling okay now i want to fast forward to the ending because i hated the ending of this match oh god i did not like the ending of this match i had to rewind like two times to make sure that i didn't see the wrong thing so at one point during the end we see uh brooks jensen sorry i always confuse josh and brooks uh brooks jensen he gets the, the bell and he's going to hit Josh Briggs with it. Now, I think he was supposed to accidentally hit Kiana James because I'm going to have to show you guys with fingers right now. But this here, my friends, was Josh Briggs and here was Kiana. Okay, he... Brooks, I mean, Brooks comes in, hits Josh Briggs, and Kiana throws herself. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, did she do this on purpose? Or was he, or were we supposed, wait, did she do this on purpose to make us think that he hit, to make him think like he hit her? Or was he supposed to hit her, but didn't? I don't know. All I know is that she threw herself. She was never hit. And so then Brooks is like, 
oh no, I hit my woman or whatever. And that causes him to lose this match. And so Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley, they get the win here. Afterwards, we have a confrontation between Brooks and Kiana. And Kiana tells Brooks, she breaks the poor kid's heart. And she says, I never loved you. It's the worst thing you can hear. Worst thing anyone can hear. I never loved you. And she breaks him up. Brooks is heartbroken. Keep in mind, Brooks has been kind of a jerk to his friends. Okay, he's been a big time jerk to his friends. And Josh Briggs comes from behind, puts his hand on his shoulder and is like, there, there, I got your back, bro. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, God, Josh Briggs is a good friend because I would not have done that for Brooks. I, if my friend did me as dirty as Brooks did Fallon and Josh after they were looking out for him, I'd be like, nah, screw you, bro. Go cry to somebody else. We tried to warn you. We were there for you. We knew she was a villain. No. They have his back. That's very nice. I can't say that I would do the same thing. Um, but anyway, so the ending was a little bit weird. I'm not really sure what I was supposed to make of that. But the actual post-match stuff um, was fine. It was just that execution that got me all sorts of confused. Um, all right, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, this story ain't for me, but my daughter turns it, tunes in just for this storyline. That's interesting. Well, look, I'm not going to lie. When it comes to like the love romance angles there as a woman i can say that they're going to work for us okay they are i mean you can talk to me and i will tell you about all of the love angles that i saw growing up and being like very much into them like i still remember the time that kurt angle kissed stephanie mcmahon and i just remember thinking like i remember after watching that that's all I could think about. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he kissed her. And I'm this little girl, you know, I don't know anything about love and romance, but for some reason, I was very much interested in what was happening there. Uh, you know, I was always interested in, in any romance thing that they did on television. So uh, I can see why it would kind of, it would work for your daughter uh, being a former young female fan. Uh, I <laughs> making it seem like I'm 80. But anyways, Heidi Hope, thank you so much for the super chats. Very uh, interesting information. Um, okay, so anyway, so let's see what else we got here. And uh, oh, we actually got a super chat here from David Kaplan. Thank you so much to David who says, Hi, Denise, how do you think Grayson Waller would do on the main roster when his character is pretty much similar to Austin Theory? Take care. It's funny because you know what? You're right on that. We mentioned that he's similar to The Miz, but he also is similar to Austin Theory in the sense that they're supposed to get under your skin. They're supposed to be annoying and this and that. Um, I still think he would do good. I think they would have to have them on separate rosters, in my opinion. I wouldn't want, uh, I don't think I would want somebody that's too similar to somebody else on the exact same roster, but they can switch it up. You know, they really can, or they can even do something funny. They can do something. They could even probably, if they were to have them, let's just say they were to have them on the same roster, they could even do something like, do you guys remember that episode of Friends where Rachel is dating a guy who's literally just like Roz? And Roz is so freaking annoyed with this guy. And everybody sees that they're literally exactly the same except Ross. Ross is not seeing that this guy that Rachel is dating is literally just like him. And so they kind of like beef with one another. And he's like, oh, that guy irritates me. And 
that would be kind of funny if they did something like that with Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, where they both got on each other's nerves, but didn't realize that the reason they were getting on their ner- each other's nerves is because they're very similar. I don't know. They could probably do something funny like that, but hey, just an idea. Uh, David Kaplan, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that. Um, thank you so much for the support there. All right. See, okay. Thank you. A lot of people. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Exclamation points. That's Russ and Ross. Thank you. Russ and Ross. Everyone remembers this episode of France fans. We here, man. We here. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and press on from here, guys. All right. Um, after this, we got a, a quick backstage promo from Dragon Lee where he is addressing Noam Dar. And basically, he wants the Heritage Cup. And also, we got to hear Mackenzie Mitchell speak some Spanish. Kudos to Mackenzie. I loved her with her Spanish afterwards saying the nada. That was pretty funny. I like that little extra touch. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying Jensen has improved in the ring. I can see shades of Jensen's dad in him. Bull Buchanan, especially with that kick towards the end of the match. You know, I feel like, man, I feel like a lot of what they've been doing lately has kind of been distracting me from, um, from like really focusing in on their skills as wrestlers, mainly because I think I've been paying more attention into the actual story because that's really what we've been pretty much getting. Like it's, we don't get to, they haven't even been wrestling that like that much on the show. We've really been getting these backstage skits, these backstage segments. Um, really. So I almost feel like I kind of forgot what they could even bring to the table, even though we've seen them wrestle a whole bunch on NXT though. I say you're probably right. Uh, Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that, man. All right. Um, let's see what else we got here and let's get into, um, we got a scripts promo. I I saw somebody earlier in the chat that was like, I want to talk about the scripts promo. I don't know what to say, guys. They've been doing these. They've been doing these so many. Like, this is all they do with scripts. I'm not exactly sure when we're going to see scripts again, like actually wrestling. Uh, I just feel so bad. I'm going to say the same thing I said the last time I spoke about scripts, and that is they really messed up with him when they had him coming out there looking all goofy the way that, that the, the way that they did. Oh, that was so sad. It was really sad. I'm not going to lie. First impressions matter. And they did him a huge disservice having him come out the way that he did with the orange and brown mask and the really bad gear. Man, I've never seen gear so bad. Uh, And they haven't been able to bring the guy back to life. Like they switched things up. They changed his gear. They uh, they've definitely switched things up. But the problem is the way this all started. The way this all started was we got these promos. We got these vignettes that we thought was for one person, one thing. And then it ended up just being something so different that it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And unfortunately, I do think that that has really, really stunted his growth on NXT and all we've been getting are these promos where he's talking about God knows what I think I've gotten to the point where I just like tune them out because it's the same thing he writes on the paper he's he scrunches up the paper throws it off and that's it I don't know what else to say about scripts guy scripts I don't know what else to say they need to um they need to switch things up for him like again I hate to say that because they really did switch things up for him and they got him the new gear and everything but uh yeah I just feel kind of bad. And there's been so many other like people that have come in that are like high flyers and can do cool stuff. You know, we have Nathan Frazier, we have Axiom, we have uh, Dragon Lee, we have 
what else, what else, what else? There's more. Um, we have all these other people that can do cool things. So it almost feels like, like granted scripts, you know, it's very different, but it, it, it's almost like time is like, like the time has passed them by or something. I don't know. They, they need to figure out what's going on there. But yeah, I feel bad for scripts. I, I really do think that the first impression was just so bad that they're going to have to do a lot more to kind of get the fans to actually give a damn. I would pro honestly, I would just scrap scripts. I mean, I know you probably can't just do that. I get it, but I would just scrap it, start all over, give Reggie a whole new name or just have him be back to Reggie, Reginald, whatever, um, and just have him go out there and wrestle. That's the best thing you can actually do there, honestly. Um, I feel so bad, but I don't think anybody here is. I feel so bad on these comments on scripts. Bless his heart. All right. Um, next up, we got the, the NXT debut of Oba Femi, and he wrestled Oro Menza. And this is actually a match that I kind of liked. And I'm going to tell you why I liked it. I liked it because um, some of these like big guy matches could just be so bad sometimes, especially like the first ones, right? Sometimes they're not good. This one, I thought, you know what? It was not terrible. Uh, he's a big guy, Oba Femi. With, uh, this was my first time watching him wrestle. I'd never seen him wrestle before. Uh, he's had some really good, I thought, intensity. And I thought, okay, that's good enough for me. At least he's bringing in some intensity. And I loved the uppercut that he did to Oro Menza. I thought Oro Menza was a great challenger for him because he was able to, like, you know, bump for him and do all these things and make Oba Femi look even bigger and powerful and more stronger. And so I thought that Oro Menza was a great opponent for him. And we've seen Oro Menza a whole lot on NXT in the past. And I hate to say this, but by the way, so Oba Femi gets the win. Um, gets him with a spinning form. And then afterwards, power bombs Oro Menza, gets the win. I hate to say this, but I'm going to have to say it, guys. <sighs> Oba Femi, already more impressive than Von Wagner. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but come on now. I don't know. Chat, agree, disagreed. Well, what are we thinking here? Because we got big guys on the roster. We're going to compare them to one another. And I'm just thinking, how did I already see more in this guy than I have in Von Wagner. I'm sorry. Unpopular opinion, I don't know. But that's literally one of the first thoughts that came to my mind when I was watching this. Oh, and also I really like Oromenza, so I was very happy to see him here. Oh, I don't know, guys. We got the we got the chat is a little split split here. We got some people saying that they agree that I'm not wrong, but then we got people saying they disagree. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm telling you, we got some we got some hot takes here. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying Oba's from Alabama. Roll Tide is he from Alabama? I forgot if he was. By the way, I, I mentioned this um, last week when they had announced that he was coming to NXT. But yeah, he was there. He got hired from the Las Vegas tryouts. He has the background in track and field. He's a really big guy, actually. He's very huge. Very nice guy too, by the way. Very nice guy. Uh, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the super chat. Ooh, uh, Zeno Hour says, I agree and disagree. YT says, I forgot about Vaughn. <laughs> oh, man. I really, I really did now split the chat here. Uh, Sterling 200 says, was out of the room for a sec, but I've watched enough Denise to know the opinion's valid. Okay. 
Hey, man, if you watch the show on replay, let me know what you think. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Anyways, before we get to the main event, we had Gigi Dolan uh, take the uh, headphones off of Vic Joseph. I liked this. Oh, I really liked this because usually we get the, you know, we get promos in the ring. We get, we get the vignette promo packages. We get backstage interviews, but it's not very often that you get somebody um, with this shot where she had the headphones and she had her one shot and she was just directly talking to the camera the way that they set this up. I really liked this little, um, the way that they, the production wise, I like how they set this all up. Um, so she goes on to the headphones and she just basically calls out JC Jane uh, for her actions last week. So she's going to make her life a living hell. She says, you like to talk about my family so much and how shitty my family is. Well, you know what? My baby brother is going to be here uh, next week at ringside and it's going to watch me destroy you. Um, I liked this. Love, love what they had Gigi Dolan do here, how they had her do it and how they had her call out JC Jane. And I'm excited to see what the um, rest of the story is going to look like because the first Gigi Dolan, JC Jane match did not go so well. So I really hope that the next time they meet again, uh, that it goes a lot better for sure. Um, all right. So now, before we get into the last and final match, just a friendly reminder to everybody that I will be back tomorrow for my AEW post show. Um, tomorrow on AEW, we are going to be getting Orange Cassidy versus Bandito, which I'm very excited about. Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. We're going to be hearing from Wardlow, Adam Cole, an announcement from Tony Khan. We're going to be seeing Dax Hardwood versus Jeff Jarrett, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, The Butcher and the Blade versus Kenny Omega. Um, so yeah, Ooh, did I do that faster than they do? No, I wasn't really challenging myself to do it that fast. But anyways, I will be back Wednesday tomorrow to talk about that. So make sure to be here. And then on Friday, I will be here to talk about the first night of the WWE draft. So that's going to be a big one, guys. Um, it's going to be a big one. And if I'm assuming we're going to find out this Friday, because I should be seeing Roman Reigns as like the number one pick. So whoever should go first should be picking Roman Reigns. Uh, so we're going to know which roster we're going to be seeing that World Heavyweight Championship go to. So um, we should be getting some good stuff announced fast, guys. Some good stuff announced fast. Um, all right. So now let's get into the actual main event of tonight and uh that was indy hartwell defending her nxt women's championship against roxanne perez versus tiffany stratton uh in a triple threat match so this one was good this was one that i was really looking forward to because i was curious to see how they were going to play this out if they were going to give us any indication that maybe roxanne perez or indy hartwell would be moving up to the main roster since those are two predictions for people that may or may not be moving up to the main roster right and this match i thought was okay but it just was not um I, I was expecting a lot i was expecting a lot more from this match i i think that unfortunately the um, you know it was the main event spot so you it had to be a lot stronger right and when you had what you thought was going to be the main event match really just knock it out of the damn park it kind of made it kind of takes away from this main event because the uh, Grayson Waller Carmella Hayes match just felt a lot stronger. So anyways, um this one here was really like this was a whole lot of Roxanne really kind of doing a little bit of everything. She got a lot of time in there with Indy Hartwell. She got a lot of time in there with Tiffany Stratton. I thought that and at one point we see Indy Hartwell get hurt. She goes to the back. She's kind of out of the picture for a bit. And um 
Some highlights here, though, did include Tiffany Stratton uh, basically doing, like, she had a really good drop kick at one point to Roxanne Perez. I love seeing her do the swanton to the outside to both girls. I thought that was good. Uh, her hitting her moonsault, all of that was really great. Roxanne also had some highlights. She did her hurricanrana on Tiffany off the top rope. Um, there was some good stuff in this. I just think that it wasn't, it just wasn't that strong, though. But it was, they did have some good stuff in it, though. With that being said, for the ending, we see Indy Hartwell come back into this match after she had been um she had been gone for a sec. And Tiffany hit a moonsault on Roxanne Perez. And so they so it seems like she was about to win, but Indy Hartwell pulls the leg of Tiffany. She goes into the ring and she essentially steals the victory from Tiffany Stratton and defeats Roxanne Perez. Now, I did not really <sighs> I'm not liking the way that they're having Indy win these matches. So for that reason, I kind of feel like the whole point here, one of the things that they've been telling Indy is that she's not good enough. She's not good enough to be champion. And I almost feel like they haven't necessarily proved that to us yet. Like they haven't proved us. They haven't proved the heels wrong in this. Like they haven't proved Tiffany Stratton wrong in this when she said that she only has the bout because, you know, whatever reason. Right. And so I feel like they haven't proven that Indy Hartwell should be NXT Women's Champion. And that's been a little bit of like, hmm, I, I wish I would have seen a more stronger finish if she was going to win. Now, with Roxanne Perez, it, it's, I don't know if her losing here tonight, if this means this is it for her. She's one of the people that I do think might end up getting called up to the main roster. I don't know. You could argue that it's still too soon, that she could still do a lot more on NXT. You can definitely argue that. But I'm just like, I feel like there was really no good explanation for them taking the championship off of her unless she was probably going to go to the main roster. I, If she's not, I'm going to kind of hate the fact that they took the title off of her more so than I already did when they took the title off of her because she was somebody that I think fans were really excited about to see her become NXT Women's Champion and for her to really only get a match with Mako Satomura and then that's like literally it and then that was it for her reign as champion I think that kind of sucks man like I wanted to see more I wanted to see more I was very excited about it and so I kind of feel like I got we got robbed a bit there and so I hope that the reason is because she's going to the main roster and I want to see them inject the women's division with some new faces and faces that can go. Uh, we know Roxanne Perez can go and mixing it in there and having matches with, you know, these other women that are on the main roster. I think it's only going to help her get where she needs to be a lot faster. And I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm not expecting Tiffany to get, called up she's she's still she's still growing on the brand she's still growing on the roster there she still has she's been one of the fastest improvements for the women on nxt and if you've been watching from like since she first started on nxt to now then you would know that so i know some people were kind of criticizing her performance today but if you would see everything that she's done from point a to point b uh, you can see the massive improvement like keep in mind again that this is still developmental and you know all of that so anyways, that's where I'm curious. I don't know if Roxanne's going to the main roster or not. Let's get some predictions here, guys. Uh, let's see what we got here. 
in terms of whether or not you guys think it's going to happen or not. Um, and let's see what we got here. Let's see. Uh, we got some interesting thoughts here. This is from Pile Driver Finisher who says, I mean, she's very underdog. She can show up and still be a flop. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think if they just have her go out there, I don't think she would flop, guys. I really don't. And I think sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to let your kids, you know, spread their wings. Let them go out there and learn. I'm not I was trying to think of a good analogy for that. I couldn't. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Jeremy Ra, who's a YouTube member here of the channel. Thank you so much to Jeremy. He says uh, she needs to get credit for being Ring of Honor champ. I think a lot of that helped with her buzz going into WWE and, you know, her time as Ring of Honor champion. I do think is the catalyst for a lot of people being, uh, you know, buzzing about, like talking about her before she even went into WWE. So I do think that in a way she kind of has been acknowledged for that. And uh, let's see what else we got here. There's people saying again, Roxanne has been ready since Ring of Honor. And this is Heidi Ho says, Tiffany said herself she needs more time on NXT. She did. She recently said that. And she wants to be on NXT. So I feel like she's definitely not someone that I would expect to get called up at all. Um, Justin Martin sends in his thoughts saying, Roxanne would be the youngest girl on the main roster, but one of the most talented. Her ability is well beyond her years. Uh, Bobby Mean sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Bobby who says, I think Roxanne would pit, fit perfectly on Raw. You know, it's hard to say because right now, if we were just sitting here with the rosters that we have right now, then I would say, yeah, of course she would fit in, but they're going to switch it up so you don't know which women are going to be on what brand. So I can't even say which brand she would fit perfectly on. Uh, I actually kind of see her a little bit more on the SmackDown side. Like if if just right now, let's just say that the rosters were going to stay as is, where would I plug in Roxanne? I would actually plug her in on SmackDown because SmackDown is the brand that I think just needs, they need more women there that hold potential. And I think Roxanne, if the, like, let's just say right now, the roster's as is, Roxanne would fit in a lot better there personally. But of course, it's hard to tell now because they're going to be shifting all the women around. And so you don't know what the women's division is going to look like on Raw and SmackDown. So um, really, I can't say which brand she would fit perfectly on, given that we don't know what moves they're going to make. But uh, I think she would be, I think it's, I think it would be really refreshing, though, to have her on uh, the main roster. Uh, Bobby, thank you so much for the super chat, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, we got some more thoughts in here. This is from Christopher. Thank you so much to Christopher who says, it really looked like Indy was injured. So might be why the ending was the way it was. No, I think that the reason they did it like this was to explain her. So I think the reason why they had that injury spot was so that it didn't feel like Indy Hartwell was basically taking the easy way out where she wasn't like taking taking like they didn't want her to look like she was just taking the easy way out right and i think with the injury it kind of explains more why she would actually just go about getting the win the way that she did so i actually do think that the injury spot did help out explain the ending a little bit more even though i didn't care for it too much but it did explain it just a little bit more so um than it would have without the injury so that's kind of the way that I saw that. But thank you so much to Christopher Marino for sending in the super chat. Um, seriously, guys, uh, your support literally means everything to me on these shows. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Stephen Marchuli sends in a super chat saying, down the line, heel Bianca versus face uh, uh, Roxanne Perez is money. Uh, damn, man. Can you imagine kind of like, 
Ooh, that would be good. Cause oh, I, what can I say? I'm a big Bianca Belair fan. She's legitimately one of my favorite women's wrestlers of all time. I have nothing but positive things to say about her in-ring work. I love all her matches. I've only disliked one match that Bianca had, and that was that weird Alexa Bliss match that we had on Raw. But other than that, I've never disliked a Bianca Belair match. Definitely not on any pay-per-views. Uh, all of that stuff's really great. So seeing her and Roxanne Perez and like as like in the future, like down the line, that would be really phenomenal. Thank you so much to Stephen Marchulli for sending um sending this in. Um, let's see what else we got here. And Let's see what else. This is um, from Brian Barefoot, who says, honestly, this whole match just proved why Indy shouldn't have won the NXT Women's title. She's probably the weakest, uh, least believable champion the title has had. And here's the problem, too, is that when the heels were telling her this, it's almost like you couldn't totally disagree. And so that's why I wanted them to kind of prove her as champion, as a strong champion, instead of making you go, well, you know what, maybe that heel was right. Um, and so I do think that they could have used that opportunity to kind of go like, you know what? No, she took on two, she took on two competitors and dominantly won. I think they could have probably done that for her, but I do see Indy as more of a, a transitional champion. Um, let's see what else we got here. And this is from Christopher Smith, who sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Christopher, who says, Eo Sky versus Roxanne Perez. Um, that would be a whole lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of different people that you would want to see her in there with. Uh, Bailey is another one for sure. Uh, Dakota Kai is another one. Um, I'm trying to think who else would I really want to see her in the ring with. Her and Becky Lynch, of course, that would be interesting too. Uh, Asuka, oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. And I'm trying to think if there's anybody else at the top of my head who I would really want to see. I'm not thinking right now, but um, just to give some names. But Christopher Smith, thank you for that. I appreciate the super chat as well. And uh, let's see what else we got here. And people are saying that Indy Hartwell is legitimately hurt. Has that actually came out already? Let me see. I haven't seen anything. Who knows? It'll probably come out after this podcast. That always happens, by the way. I hate that. I really, really hate that. I hate when that happens. <laughs> when we're talking about something and then afterwards I go on Twitter and then it's like, oh yeah, this was announced. This was announced. This was announced. Uh, so I don't know, guys. I don't know. All right. And uh, let's see what else we got. <laughs> we had some funny comments here. Um, Roxanne versus Liv Morgan is another one. Yeah, that would be some good stuff. Rhea Ripley, exactly. I don't know how I didn't mention Rhea Ripley. I think I was just thinking of all these different people. But anyways, everyone, that was NXT Spring Breaking. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this post show. I really want to make NXT because I recognize that a lot less people watch NXT than they do Raw or SmackDown or AEW. And so... I kind of really want to make this a show that if you don't watch NXT, that if you tune in to this podcast, you will know exactly what these people have been doing, how they have been doing, what they've been doing on the roster and what they're up to and all of this and not have to worry about actually watching the show every week. So I really hope that even if you're a casual, a casual viewer of NXT or a regular viewer of NXT, that you'll find this podcast very easy to be caught up with and, uh, you know, informative with all of that. So, uh, hi ho. okay, so everyone's telling me that Dijak tweeted that out. Okay, hold on. Let me go to Dijak's. Let me see what Dijak tweeted. One second. 
uh, Dijak WWE says, um, oh shit. Okay. Sorry guys. I just watched this right now. Oh fuck. So Dijak says, if anyone was wondering, I happened to be sitting next to Indy Hartwell and medical while they were evaluating the gruesome injury mid-match and she was no selling the shit out of it. Like an absolute badass. And I'm watching the replay right now. Oh fuck. Sorry. I'm pardon my language, but now that I'm able to watch this in GIF form. So when she catches Tiffany on, uh, when Tiffany does that swanton to the outside to Roxanne and Indy, she, her right leg goes backwards. And then with the weight of Tiffany, she comes down and kind of, uh, you know, her weight, her weight and Tiffany's weight and Roxanne's weight basically all goes into her leg um and you can watch this right now on that tweet that Dijak put out so as you're watching this and I'm rewinding it and watching it uh it's very crystal clear okay so there you go take away my um scrap what I freaking said earlier about <laughs> the freaking way that they did it okay so now that we have this information here this feels a lot more shit that changes everything for me that changes a whole lot because then her coming back out and them selling the whole fact of, oh, yeah, you know, she was out for a bit and she, you know, she's back. She fought through the way that they had her easily get that victory by stealing Tiffany's win just feels a lot better. Now, I don't hate this as much as I did earlier. The actual finish now seeing that revealing it. I feel a lot more better about that finish. And clearly the fact that she was able to go out there and still finish this match out, um, that's good because then you know that the fact that she was able to go out there, that's a good sign and finish this match out. So that's a very good sign. I'm really happy that he tweeted that out because I actually feel now she deserves more credit for going out there and doing finishing off the actual match and finding a way to, um, you know, obviously improvise in a situation like that so um damn and i was like i'm gonna actually retweet this right now so those of you can um oh crap where'd my twitter window go all right i'll retweet it afterwards so you guys can uh so you guys can see it for those of you who haven't seen the video um on twitter and just so that that makes a lot more sense so you know what i almost feel bad now too because you know the main event wasn't that strong and now with this like i feel like it just yeah, now with this, I feel like that definitely changes my original um, feelings about this, watching that and rewatching the replay of that. It just, it changes. So I retweeted it. You guys can watch it if you guys haven't seen it um, and all of that. Um, damn. All right. So I think she'll be okay, especially the fact that she went out there and she finished the match. That's a very, very good sign, guys. Um, all right, everybody. There you go. That was NXT, and I will be back tomorrow for AEW Dynamite. One last thing before I go, guys. This is, um, if you are not a video podcast watcher and you're more of an audio listener, I and this podcast is available on Spotify, on Apple. And please, if you guys can, I only have 21 ratings on Apple Podcasts because I never promote this. And so if you guys can, if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, I invite you to go give this some ratings and hopefully we get some in. And if you do, tweet me so that I can go and find them. Um Please give this podcast a rating, especially if you've been a longtime listener, because I really want to grow this podcast and get the name out there and all of that so that, you know, I can 
you know, work with brands and get brand deals. It's very, very hard. And so the only way to do that is by growing the reviews and all of that. And I will make sure to be reading some of the reviews on air. So please, if you guys can head on over to the Apple podcast page, all of the links are in the description of this video. You guys can just search me up Instincts Culture by Denise Salcedo on Apple podcasts or Spotify, and you guys can find all of that. But other than that, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and shout out to uh, Nathan Vela, who is a brand new member of the YouTube channel. Nathan, thank you so much. Welcome to the DWO, the Denise World Order. And I will catch you guys back here tomorrow for AEW Dynamite.